Hello. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Playdate. And my name is Allison Lebrun. I'm so, so excited to be here today. And you've landed in the right spot if you're someone that is interested in creating an outside-the-box career or if you're someone that's just really interested in alternative healing modalities and really getting access to some of the most powerful and potent and unique tools that are available to support you in tapping into your truest self. So today I'm here with the amazing Valerie Green. She is an incredible mentor to women and she really supports them in being able to create space so that their partners will serve them and be there for them. Um, and so Valerie, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. Yay, I'm so happy to be here, Allison. Yeah, so I don't feel like I gave a really the best possible description of the work that you do. So I would love to have you just share with everyone what it is that you do and what you call yourself. Thanks. Well, I appreciate you sharing about, you know, your experience with my work, because one of the things I do is I work with women to help them inspire their boyfriends or husbands to meet their deepest needs and desires. And that's what you're speaking to. I also work with couples and help them stop fighting and fall in love again and really learn how to transform each other's triggers into deeper intimacy. And I also work with single women to help them attract lasting love into their lives for real life partnership. So those are kind of my three niches that I've discovered over the past, uh, what is it going on 14 years of being a coach. So I love supporting people and having amazing relationships. I also work with men too, but I find that most of the people that seek me out are women. Amazing. Yes. And I've had the incredible experience of doing some work with you. And you truly are so passionate about what you do. You really love relationship and you love all of the things that come with relationship, like communication and listening and um, really digging in and hearing what people's needs are. Um, so I'm curious, was this something that you always loved? Like when you were younger, <laughs> were you, you know, did you have a lot of friends? Like, how did this, how did you lead from maybe being a kid to becoming a relationship coach? What was that path like for you? That's such a good question. Cause I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, somebody asked me, did you, when did you start to feel like you were different than other kids? And I was like, I have this memory of being four. And I was um, a very cute, likable child. So I had a lot of friends when I was four. But I remember I didn't like the games that other kids were playing because they felt competitive and judgmental to me. And I felt like I wanted to just be helping kids to, like, feel their feelings and, and play and way that was collaborative instead of competitive <laughs> it's like me being like a little four-year-old relationship coach but I didn't know how to do that so I was just like I feel scared when like they're playing monster games and they're like trying to hurt each other you know so <laughs> I didn't know like nobody really taught me what to do back then but I do actually think I've always been extremely empathic and I could always feel what other people were feeling Mm. Um, but my parents, God bless them. They were more intellectual. And even though my mom is an artist and we used to like play with like making clay animals and paintings and stuff. It was really fun. Um, 
But the way that they dealt with emotions and conflict was to try to coach me in terms of like, oh, well, what do you want? What do you want to do? Like, you, you can you you can make your way through this. You can get out of it. Um, but what I really needed, and of course they did their best. They're very loving. But I really needed somebody to there to be emotionally present with me and help me to figure out like that it's okay to feel what I'm feeling, to be there with me, to help me feel in my body. What does it feel like to be sad? What does it feel like to be angry? What is... And it's okay to feel that way and to be comforted and soothed. Um, and especially when I was a developing into, you know, adolescence and like I was so sensitive to emotions. And so of course our wounding finds our healing path, you know, as most mm. um, people find. And so um, the way that I had learned to deal with emotions from my childhood, um, I took that into my relationships, of course. So like, I remember there was this one moment in my 20s with my boyfriend where he said something like, you hurt my feelings. And I was like, well, I can't hurt your feelings. Like, it's something that you're believing that's hurting your feelings, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> I never learned how to be emotionally present with someone. And so, mm. but I always had, I was very empathic. So I always felt like there was something missing. I always felt like there was this deep, uh, even though I was very spiritual and it had like, spiritual enlightenment experiences by that point I was like I was kind of doing spiritual bypassing you know if you're familiar <laughs> with that term and I wasn't really feeling my feelings and so if someone had an emotion I would try to coach them out of it and like but I was feeling on a deep level like there was something fundamentally missing from my life and I didn't know what it was and so that really started me on a transformative journey of how to have a connected fulfilling relationship and I studied years of uh, emotional healing modalities and did a ton of coaching trainings as you know and relationship specific trainings and I really use those tools in the trenches with my uh you know with the men that I dated and also with my clients for the past going on 14 years and the biggest transformation happened for me several years ago where I was caught with my partner in a cycle of fighting and feeling distant and I really really made time every single day to feel my feelings and to walk my talk and use those um, healing modalities on myself. Um, and so um, I started to then be able to connect to this flow of unconditional love for myself and my feelings and receive intuition for how to shift my judgments of myself and him mm -hmm. and really be able to hold an empathic, loving space for him. And then something really magical happened because I began to connect to my needs and values and talk about them in an inspiring way with him. And um, I received intuition about how to give what I needed to myself first. And then I discovered how to ask for what I wanted from him in an inspiring way and to really like be a detective and discover what he needed and how I can give it to him. And that not only transformed our relationship, because now, as you know, my love life is fabulous. And I really pinch myself on a daily basis for all the love and support and affection and emotional connection and passion that I share with my man. Uh, and, you know, of course, you know him. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I hang out with you both. And I see how, yeah, there's just this beautiful, it's like a symphony at all times occurring where like, he really wants to be present with your needs and you know, I, yes, I've seen it all in action. It's, it's really beautiful to watch. Thank you. But of course we still get into arguments as every couple does. Yeah. Sometimes we forget the tools when we're triggered, but 
because we both really know how to walk our talk, we, you know, come right back and like it takes us into a deeper emotional space where we feel more connected afterwards than beforehand because now we like can see and love each other in a deeper way. And it's, it's beautiful. And so I integrated all these tools into a step-by-step process and presented it to my clients over the years. And they had breakthroughs in their intimacy. And then, you know, whether they were single or in a relationship and the single people that I was coaching started really connecting to this sense of loving and valuing themselves and then not settling for a relationship that wasn't all of what they wanted and being able to attract, uh, partners that really valued them into their lives because they were valuing themselves at a deeper level. And so I noticed that I kept creating the same process again and again to my clients. So I created a step-by-step program to get the message out there to these three niches. I work with couples, women in relationship, because women really can transform the relationship just by them showing up differently. And then Mm. for single women, and I'm actually about to release a book for single women. So I'm really excited about that. Woo! This is so exciting. Wow. So, and it's, there's so much in what you just shared. Thank you so much just for thoroughly like sharing. Um, and for, you know, I know there's a couple of kinds of people listening to this podcast, people that might be just really curious and interested in healing modalities and then people that are creating an outside box, the career for themselves. Um, just to speak to those people, you know, what was the process like of getting from, you know, when you started to where you are now, like, I know you've done so much training, so many courses and, Mm. you know, if you want to just speak briefly on like, what, what was that process like, or what is, I mean, I know it's a continuing process, um, in really creating a career that's aligned with your values and your gifts and and what you want to see in the world. Yeah. I love that question because I do think that it's different for everyone. Um, but I, I worked with a business coach for a number of years. And, uh, one of the things that we clarified, cause I've, I've done, um, many different coaching trainings, most of which were just general life coaching trainings. And so I had to figure out like, even what my niche was like who I support best. And she really helped me to tap into looking at all the clients I worked with over the years and what was the biggest transformation that I created in them and mm-hmm. what it came like I created a spreadsheet of like, what, what were their problems? You know, how did I work with them? Like, what were the, the results they got? And across the board, it was like, no matter what people came to me with, they always had the biggest breakthroughs in their relationships. Even if they came to me for um, career coaching or for general life coaching, like they, it was either their relationship with their partner or they got into an amazing relationship, even if that wasn't what they were looking for or, you know, they're, uh, they stopped fighting with their boss or, you know, they, they made peace with their family. Like it always had to do with their relationships. And so I think, um, in terms of finding the career that was authentic for me, it, it really showed up through me doing the work. Um, and then in terms of getting it out there, I think, uh, what helped most is, I mean, I think every entrepreneur in the beginning kind of does the spaghetti method, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where you like throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Um, so I've done so many kinds of marketing, like webinars and workshops and, you know, email lists and ebooks and online courses and blogging. And, you know, I have my own podcast, which I'm happy to talk about 
here as well. Um, but I think like what's contributed the most to the success that I've had is just consistency. And, and also like, so there's two things, obviously you have to look at the analytics and see like what it is that you're doing that's creating the most results, right. From a, from an analytical perspective. But, um, I think from an, like from me feeling fulfilled in my work, what's happened over the years is that I've just gravitated towards doing things that have given me pleasure in my business. Like, and, you know, sort of like you're saying, like, like you're doing right now, like you enjoy doing podcasts. Like I love interviewing people and being interviewed. That's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to do. And so like most of my clients lately have come from actions resulting from me having a podcast because it's like something that I love. Mm -hmm. So, wow. Yeah. I love that. It sounds like a fusion of a lot of different things, getting support, um, you know, being consistent, being willing to try a lot of things and see what works and throw out what doesn't. And then like following what is pleasurable, you know, doing things that actually nourish you and give back to you while you're doing them. Yeah. I mean, like most of my clients this month that I've gotten have come in, have come from either me interviewing other people or other people interviewing me. Cause it's fun, right? Isn't this fun? Isn't it fun to like bounce oh, yeah. around and ask questions? <laughs> it's so fun. It's so, I mean, for me, it absolutely is so fun. It's a combination of so many things. I love acknowledging people, listening, asking really juicy questions, <laughs> discovering different modalities out there or really unique careers. That's so many things. Absolutely. So that's so incredible and so wonderful. Um, okay, cool. So I want to, I'm really curious. Um, how is it? And I'm sure my listeners are curious too. How do you create space for men to contribute to you? Um, I feel like it's such a common conversation out there in the world. Like, oh, men are this or men are that or they're, you know, they just don't get me. So yeah, what do you teach your clients? and, And what's your philosophy on how to create a space for men to contribute to us. Thank you. And I know that we've um, bounced ideas around on this before. And so, um, you know, feel free to like interject when I'm talking, but I love speaking about that creating space for men to contribute to us is about creating that space within ourselves first. And what I find is that a lot of women are walking around in their masculine energy And when you're in your masculine energy, you're about, you know, accomplishing things and setting goals in your own life and achieving. And when you're in that mode, then a man doesn't feel like he, he feels like energetically, he's not inspired to contribute because you got everything handled, even if you feel overburdened. He's like, she's, she's doing it. She can handle herself. And if then you're angry at him for not contributing, then he feels misunderstood. So he's more likely to be pushed away. And so that's the mistake that I see a lot of women making is that they're in their masculine energy when they try to ask men to contribute. And I find that that probably occurs a lot with women entrepreneurs because we are in doing mode all the time. And, you know, we we do have a lot of goals to accomplish in our business and we want more support from our partners then we have to be in our masculine energy in our business, but in our relationship, we have to shift into our feminine energy in order to inspire our man to contribute. So I'll, I'll take a step back and talk about like, what is masculine energy? What is feminine energy? Cause probably 
it's it's certainly not part of the cultural conversation, at least not yet. I mean, we're talking a lot about women um, having a voice and really asserting our boundaries and our power, which is awesome. Um, and at the same time, I think women have gained uh, closer and closer to equality with men, but they're still in their masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what are the, how would you describe masculine energy? Yeah. So I want to say that masculine energy uh, and feminine energy is not about gender or sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. So both men and women have both masculine and feminine energies. And it's something that you can choose to be, you know, you can make the shift uh, to be in your feminine energy if you choose to be, and I'll share how to do that. Um, and same thing with men. Men have feminine energy in inside of them, and they can choose to be in their feminine energy when they're in receiving mode and when they're, like, listening to music or maybe playing an instrument. Like, they're in their feminine energy. So masculine energy is about direction and accomplishment. It's about doing and strategizing, thinking, decision-making, logistics, analyzing, solving problems, leading, and giving. So it kind of makes sense that, like, that's what we're doing in our business, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm in my masculine energy right now, like, while I'm talking to you because I'm trying to communicate a point. And masculine energy people always look at communication as, like, what's the point? Right. (laughs) Whereas feminine people communicate just to feel connected. And that's another place that men and women really get into, um, you know, misunderstanding. Because <laughs> the guy's like, what's the point? Just get to the point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I so experienced that. <laughs> exactly. And I teach women, like, how to get around that, too. Funny. It's so um, funny. Yeah. Like, for me, it's like, oh, I want to share some feelings. or And it's, it's yeah, with my guy. Yeah. It's like, he's like, um, where are we going with this? <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, Is what's there the an problem? end point? <laughs> what's the problem? How do we solve it? Um, or he'll start giving you advice, you know, when really what you want to do is to feel heard. And so you need to set him up for that. And we can talk about that later on in the yeah. interview if you, if you want, because I, I have suggestions around that. But yeah. um, so feminine energy is about feeling. It's about receiving. It's about intuiting as opposed to thinking. It's about just being and allowing. It's following, um, but not just blindly following. We have boundaries. And it's the spiritual practice of really surrendering to a higher power and allowing um, us to really open our heart to what is uh, without trying to change it. And, you know, that's, that's on the spiritual level. And so this doesn't mean that we allow just anything, right? We have boundaries. We're not just, um, it's just that we're not telling him what to do um, because telling a man what to do is directing and that's coming from masculine energy. And when we tell a man what to do, then he feels mothered and controlled because everyone hates to be told what to do, but especially men with their uh, romantic partner, that'll just shut off his romantic feelings because if he's a masculine energy man, like if you want to be with a man and some men are more feminine and don't want this. So, you know, you can really ask yourself, like, what is the dynamic in my relationship? But if he's a masculine energy man who likes to make plans and he likes to, um, you know, make goals and accomplish them and you want him to like plan dates and make you feel taken care of and um, all the things that we want in a masculine energy partner, 
then he's going to want a feminine energy woman to be the sensual and feeling and receptive and intuitive partner in his life. And so that means that in order to create space for him to want to contribute to us, we need to switch into our feminine energy. And that doesn't mean that we're not equals. It's not just about the woman being subservient. Um, It doesn't mean she can't be ambitious or a go-getter in the rest of life. Um, And it doesn't mean that you can't say what you want. (laughs) Um, That's why I like to use the analogy of a partner dance. Because the follower isn't subservient. Right. Right. It's really a collaboration because a good leader, like we've all been, if we've done partner dancing, led by a good leader. Right. It's like he has a strong direction, but he's also very sensitive to feeling how you respond to his direction. And if you feel like you're going with the flow and you're enjoying it, he'll do more of that. If you feel resistant, he'll do less of that and something else. Right. You know? And he also is focused on making sure that you look fabulous. Exactly. (laughs) An amazing lead. That's all he wants. He wants you to look amazing. And he wants you to be like shining. And Um, having fun and enjoying it. Yeah. So he'll adjust. Yeah. I've I've definitely, when I'm dancing salsa or swing or any other partner dance, I've noticed, um, when I have, you know, dance with someone where I have the experience like, oh, that was just an amazing experience. It was like exactly what you're saying because they were tuned in to me and me what's not working for me and noticing, okay, where are her strengths? Like where can she shine and how can I bring those out? Exactly. And if you're, if you're listening to this and saying, well, my man doesn't do that, <laughs> um, <laughs> then he probably feels like the way that you're showing up is in your masculine energy. Cause like mm-hmm. if a good leader is with a follower who's also trying to lead, then right. he's not going to want to lead her, <laughs> you know, then, oh, like, yeah, he's not totally. enjoy dancing with her. You know? Right. Maybe, I've like, had that experience where it's like, I tried to start to lead and it messes the whole thing up in, in like, well, in my relationship and in on the dance floor. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's an, it's, uh, there's a misconception, though, that, like, okay, if you're not leading and you're following, then how are you not just being subservient? So right. the feminine energy person in the relationship, which can be either the man or the woman. Um, I've coached men that wanted to be more of the feminine energy, and that's great because there's some women where it's authentic to be in their masculine. So there's no like gender biases that I have here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the feminine energy person can share their desires and their wants and their preferences, their feelings and boundaries, just not in a way that's controlling mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't have an agenda other than to be seen and feel and heard and make a boundary for what you're not going to do. You know, you have to strong, have strong boundaries for what you're not going to do instead of telling him what you are going to do. Right. Um, or instead of complaining about what he's not doing. <laughs> Um, Because I see a lot of women who are used to being in positions of power at work, and they're used to planning and organizing and telling people what to do. And then they bring that attitude home and tell their husband what to do and how to do it. Right. And And he's super resentful. (laughs) Right. And he might not even show that on the surface. He might just like, you know, want to go off by himself or want to zone out on the couch and watch TV. And then you get caught in a really negative cycle where then you see that he's not pulling his own weight. So you tell him what to do more and then he feels more pushed away and then he'll want to do less and then you'll get more angry and I, I coach couples that are in that cycle a lot. <laughs> mm, so interesting. So I hear what you're saying is that 
it's all about being aware of like, what energy am I bringing to this relationship, whether it's our work relationships, or I mean, in this case, we're really talking about our partners, our intimate relationships. Yeah, because um, it's fine to be in your masculine energy at work. If you're working in a job where you have to have goals and right. choose the direction and tell people what to do, like, I mean, that there's nothing wrong with masculine energy. I mean, it's, it's what's created all of the amazing advancements in technology and science and you know, the buildings that we're living in. <laughs> yeah, there's so much. So, I mean, I find it so interesting. I feel like we're at this time where the feminine energy is kind of becoming like, oh yeah, there's feminine energy. And now it's like, okay, now how do we balance it? I mean, do you feel like there, like in my relationship, for example, I feel like we kind of dance. We both dance in between masculine and feminine. Like sometimes I'm the one making the plan and sometimes he really wants to make the plan and he really wants to be the lead. And so we kind of share that and we're always sort of like, I mean, it's an interesting experiment and we're not masterful at it yet, but like, we're always like, kind of checking in like what are you feeling today like if we go on like an adventure for example it's like oh do you want to drive or do you want to drive like and there's certain times where I'm like I do not want to drive <laughs> like I want to sit yeah. in the passenger seat and I want to just stare out the window and I don't want to you know I don't want to be involved in like you know how to get there and where we're going kind of thing you drive um so do you feel like have you experienced that like or in your own relationship or clients you coach like does that um, do you see that kind of situation where maybe it's a, a balance, I guess? Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's a wonderful thing about um, gender roles not being prescribed anymore, you mm. know, at least in uh, the progressive part of Western culture, because couples really get to create it in a way that's authentic for them. Mm. Um, I just, I coach a lot. I, what I always teach is that if you're fighting and you're in a lot of disconnection, then there's probably a uh, misbalance going on with the uh, core feminine energy person not being in their feminine energy and the core masculine energy person not being in their masculine energy um, as, as a big part of it. But of course, there's a lot of other aspects to why couples are caught in conflict. There's triggers from childhood and, you know, there's like communication skills and there's you know, shared values and vision and how to like really create a, a safe emotional space to be seen and heard by each other. So there's like a huge amount of um, tools that I use when I coach a couple that's in disconnection, but specifically around the question of how to create space for a man to contribute to you. Yep. Um, I find that it really helps um, and I'll share my free e-guide with women in, you know, whenever you want to in this interview, because I explain a five-step process for how to share your feelings and desires in a way that inspires a man. Mm. Um, and I really go into depth in that in the e-guide, but I'll, I'll share the basics of it in this interview, which is, first of all, um, what really inspires a masculine energy man to contribute to a feminine energy woman is that it'll make her happy. Mm. And like, as you can see, I mean, if you're walking down the street and the guy opens a door for you, it's like he's doing that because he wants to make you feel good. Mm. This is what masculine energy men 
live for is, I mean, besides just being in their purpose and feeling powerful, they want to make women happy. They want to make them shine. They really want to bring out their beauty mm. and create, create the space for them to shine. And um, sort of like, um, but they don't respond to criticism and they don't respond to complaining because then they think, well, if she's not already happy, how do I know what I'm doing is going to make a difference? Um, right. <laughs> um, if the so, woman is complaining and whining and criticizing, it's like, why even bother? Like, it's not. <laughs> yeah. I could open this door for her, but I'm gonna. I might just get a big complaint sandwich <laughs> in right, exchange right. for that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um. And so what I teach is that. Um, but of course, there needs to be space for you to share your quote unquote negative feelings. I yes. mean, a relationship is there for us to feel seen and, and loved and accepted. But what I teach is kind of like, um, you can look at it like the, it's a house that's held up by pillars. And the pillars represent the positive feelings between you. And if the pillars are strong, then there's space to add heaviness to it. And the house won't fall down under the weight of the heaviness. But if the pillars are weak and there's not a lot of positive connection and then you start to talk about problems, even if you're doing it in a feminine way, he'll sort of feel like, eh, what's the point of, you know, trying to make her happy if she's not already happy, if like the relationship's going downhill anyway. Um, So what I teach women to do is to look at the pillars, like how are the pillars, you know, before you share your feelings? Because a big part of feminine energy is sharing our feelings. Um, and so the way to do that is to share your positive feelings whenever you feel them, because feelings are something that men don't really discuss on their own. Usually, mm. uh, when men get together, they don't really talk about feelings. Right. Um, usually, <laughs> sometimes like evolved men do. Um, and that's like the feminine part of them, which they don't even necessarily look at it as the feminine part of them. But we're talking about masculine feminine energy. And that's wonderful. Like, we should all be balanced in our, in our masculine feminine. It's not like men are just supposed to be masculine and women are just supposed to be feminine. Like you said, it can be a fluid dance. And if that works for you, it's wonderful. I just tend to work with people where it's not working. So I help them figure out what's not working right? <laughs> so they can right. fix it, you know? Um, so Well, it can like, also be like we all have wounding in both sides, you know? Like, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, doing work. Like I know for me um, – I've always been really good at being more in masculine, even though I really needed to be, well, anyways, like I had a lot of judgment about feminine energy, like, or there was just like a lot of judgment that was projected on me from society about like being more like a being kind of person. Like I really love just being and observing and like being more in that feminine, right? Creativity, all of that. But then I judge that. <laughs> so like, yeah, there's been a process for me even in the last year of actually celebrating that side of me, which has opened up and made more space for me to be more um, in that energy, the feminine energy, right? So That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And there's yeah. wounding with men being in their masculine too. Yeah. But I find the way to like inspire a man to be more in his masculine and to want to contribute to you. Um, assuming the pillars are strong and of course I can talk a lot more about that if women want to talk to me about it then the way to share your feelings in an inspiring way with men is to just share your feelings and say I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling scared or I'm feeling angry um, because I'm wanting more support 
And here's what that would provide for me. Or I'm feeling exhausted and it would feel really good to me if you supported me more with what I'm doing. And here's my ideas for how it could look. But what are your ideas? What do you think about that? What do you think you want to do? Mm. You know, so you're not telling him what to do. You're just sharing your feelings. You're sharing your desires, but you're not attached to it looking the way that you want. You're open to collaborating to have him come up with an idea of what he wants to do. Because if he comes up with the idea, then he'll feel empowered in it and he'll want to do it. Whereas if you tell him what to do, then he'll feel mothered and controlled. Mm, so beautiful so not how I think most people are raised <laughs> to communicate <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, but um you know because I I'm even like thinking about um you know how we learn from our parents right and my mom is a very um she's very both very masculine and feminine like she's very creative very oriented towards like arts and she loves like her creative expression and, you know, be, growing up in her home, it was a lot like we would say she's like Martha Stewart because <laughs> like <laughs> holidays would be like she would have this huge vision of like what she wanted to create and how things wanted to be laid out. And then my dad was like her person, like you need to do this and do that and do this. And he was kind of always, you know, there were times when he really wanted to. And it was because he's very he's, you know, he has his masculine energy. He wanted sorry, he wanted to support her and contribute. But a lot of times there wasn't freedom for him to do it in the way that he wanted or with his idea. And so you could see kind of the like grumbling and the like, like, you know, this woman is pissing me off (laughs) kind of thing. When, you know, maybe if it was just like a tweak in the communication and adding in like a little more collaboration there, it would be a whole different experience. Like, you know, totally. Yeah, because men really do want to make us happy. It's just that we can't do it by telling them what to do. We have to share our feelings, share our desires, and then ask him what he thinks and what his ideas are. And then, of course, we could share our ideas, but it's all about collaborating and finding a way for him to give us the experience that we're looking for, but in the way that he wants to do it. And that's where the collaboration comes in. Mm, I love that. What if, um, because I know a lot of men. I I guess maybe this is my own personal concern, but I have a sense maybe listeners are thinking this like, well, I've shared my feelings with my man and he like gets really confused. Like he doesn't know what to do, you know, because he's like, oh, no, she's sharing her feelings like, ah, like they feel like they need to fix the feeling because that's kind of their orientation when they're in their masculine is to fix or solve the problem. Um, It doesn't help to add in like, here's what I'm feeling and like, you don't need to fix this sort of to like let them off the hook or is that not necessary? Totally. Um, And this is also what I teach in that five-step process. So, Mm. I mean, the first step is making sure the pillars are strong and like things generally feel good between you. And if they don't, then what can you appreciate him for on a daily basis? What can you um, do to like empower him and like, you know, say the things that are authentic to you that you like about him or what you like about the moment or you know let him know he's been successful at making you happy in some way on a daily basis because that's what men thrive on for them to not feel like when you share your feelings they feel inadequate because they can't make you happy but then like the second step after that is to really create context for why you're sharing your feelings because men love context because they have single focus Mm. like women are really good multitaskers but men tend to be able to focus on one thing at a time really strongly so especially if you're catching him when he's doing something else 
Or even if you just, like what you said, you started sharing your feelings and he's like, what do I do with this? Am I supposed to solve the problem? So saying like, yeah, I'm sharing my feelings and I don't want you to fix it. Like that's, that's um, the beginning of creating context. But the first thing to ask him is like, I want to, like men love knowing what the point is, right? So if you tell him the point up front, (laughs) (laughs) um, then he'll be able to like create context around it. Like, so if you say something like, Hey, you know, there's an issue that I want to talk about. And um, what I want to get out of it is that we work through it together and feel better. Like, uh, is this a good time? Because if it's not a good time, he'll say no. And then like, you can ask him when it is a good time. But if you frame it like that with the positive goal then he'll be excited about it, like, versus saying, we need to talk about something. Like, already he'll feel like, oh, my God, this is just going to be a landmine. And then he won't want to do it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, totally. I wouldn't want to do it either. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what a lot of women do, because, like, we hold our feelings in because we know that it's, you know, going to maybe create conflict. And then because we're holding them in, then they build and they build. And then by the time we get to talking about them, it's already at that point where he can feel we're upset about something. And, you know, so the solution to that is bring things up when you're first feeling them, but get yourself into a positive place first, which is why I love that you teach about play, because there's so many things that I could talk about with women about needing to experience play and pleasure on a daily basis, because that actually helps to put your feelings in perspective, too, so that when you're ready to talk about them, you're not just like hyper focused on the trigger, you know, you're more balanced and integrated Mm, I love it yeah so it's like sharing the feelings I know when I you know take time to play every day um it gives me space for my feel like like say I might be dealing with something that's really challenging or there might be something yeah with my partner where it's like oh this is like an issue we have to really work on this or talk about this but when I play I get connected to like that childlike wonder myself that has me be curious about it instead of thinking, oh, this is a problem I have to solve too, or this is something that has to be dealt with like now versus like, ooh, what can we create together? Like what can get co-created? What can we collaborate on that will be better than both of us could have ever imagined? And like, I'm not in this alone. So that's so juicy. I love that. Ooh, this is so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what the world would be like if, you know, women had access to these tools and could, you know, really create a space for their partners if they're in a relationship that is, you know, well, yeah, like you said, gender doesn't matter. It's all about playing with the masculine and feminine. So whatever your relationship gender looks like, it doesn't matter. It could be two women, two men, men and women, like physiologically, but we're really talking about the energies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I just started working with a man who like wants to be more in a feminine role and like, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. it's uh I mean he didn't say it like that he's just like no I want like the woman to take an equal lead and everything and like I want her to you know equally come to the table and choose the direction and I'm okay being a house husband you know it's it's like I think it's great that couples choose whatever um is authentic for them and that's really what I want to support Uh, but when I work with women a lot who are fighting with their partners a lot of it has to do with her being more in her masculine energy and needing to be more vulnerable um, 
and more collaborative with him and like really learn how to set the context for conversations for them to work through it together. And also like I teach women how to process their own triggers so that they're, cause a lot of times like we're mad and we don't even know why, and we don't know what we need. And so if we don't know what we need and the guy doesn't know how to fix it, then you're both going to feel like, you know, you're failing. Um, so I help women to figure out what they need and um, what their deeper emotional needs are in that trigger and how to soothe themselves and then how to communicate that to their partner in a way where he knows what to do, that he can actually support you in feeling better. And, you know, then it's magical because most men want to show up and help you to feel better. That's, that's what they want. They just need instructions on how to do that. And like, you know, a lot of us don't know what the instructions are and then we just get mad at ourselves or at him for not knowing. Mm. Well, definitely. I mean, there can be this like belief, well, and I don't know that all women have this, but it might be the Cinderella, like he's supposed to be my Prince Charming. He's supposed to rescue, <laughs> you know, so really like letting go of that story <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. fairy tales are, you know, just that fairy tales and archetypes. Yeah. Um, Cause men actually do want to be your Prince Charming and show up and, you know, be your hero, but you know, nobody taught him how to do that either. So like you have to tell him how to do that in order for him to do it, but not where you're like telling him from your masculine. So the way to tell him from your feminine is you have to like really feel like you're accessing your vulnerability instead of your anger. That's a big one because anger is there as a secondary uh, defensive emotion. You know, Mm. you can feel like when we're angry, there's nothing wrong with anger. It's very valid. I mean, especially if like our boundaries are being crossed, anger is very valid, you know, but when you're there with your partner and you want deeper intimacy, you have to get underneath the anger and be able to access the vulnerability underneath. And then from that space, make a request. So you can say like, I'm feeling really, um, scared because of x y and z um i mean you can come up with an example if you want or i can share one from a couple well, it's so funny i actually had this very experience this morning <laughs> with my partner <laughs> it's really really interesting like i saw the whole process like i was feeling really angry and i like made the choice i was like hmm, i just noticed it when i woke up and i was like i'm gonna do some yoga breathing Cause that's one tool that I use when, you know, to, to connect more to my anger, to get out of my head basically. Right. So Definitely. I actually feel it. So I pulled up a couple, you know, videos and I did some breathing and then it was like breathing to clear out or breathing to like deal with your anger. And then I finally got someone was like breathing to like connect to your emotions. And I, as soon as I turned the meditation on, I just started crying. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I was just crying and I was like, I'm just going to give myself permission to cry. This is what's here. And my partner came in and he was like, of course, being the man he wants to you know, help me, but he's also like a little freaked out because he doesn't right. know what to do. And he's like, Oh my God, babe, are you okay? And he's kind of laughing. And I'm like, it's okay. I'm just crying. <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> and so I really let myself cry for as long as I needed. I took a few minutes and then I was like, Whew, I feel so good. And I went up to him and I'm like, I just feel great. Thank you so much for like, you know, not judging me and just like being there. And I could tell he was like really feeling successful because he's like, wow, I did an awesome thing. And then a couple (laughs) hours later, he sends me a text. He's like, 
do you want to hang out tonight? (laughs) What do you want to do? And like, like it was just, I could see, like, I was like, Oh wow, this is so interesting. Cause in the past I might've been like, you know, don't judge me. It's not fair for you to judge me when I'm crying. Like, you know, all of that, that whole dialogue criticizing him, which is really me criticizing myself because I'm afraid to be vulnerable. I'm afraid I don't want someone to judge me because I'm judging myself. Instead, I was like really welcoming all the feelings. um, And it was amazing. And I'm like, Oh, I'm not surprised this happened today because just before your interview, I interviewed Heather Manwaring, who's all about supporting women to connect to their anger and then interviewing you. So it seems very, very perfectly timed. Um, Totally. And that's a really great point. Like anger is a very valid emotion. So it's important to connect with it and breathe into it and feel it. It's just that, and when you're angry, like men can handle that too, as long as you're letting them know how they can help you, you know? So even just saying, I feel really angry and I don't even know why, but it would help me if you just stood there and hugged me right now, you know, or like, then he would, you know, or if you're angry at him for something and obviously you don't feel like that, then you can just say like, Hey, I'm really angry because, you know, I, we had an agreement to do X, Y, and Z and it didn't happen. And, um, I don't want to, you know, blame you or make you wrong. I want to like work out a solution for how we're not going to have that happen again. Right. Then he'll totally want to work through it with you because you're not like um, disempowering him. You're empowering him to come in and create a solution. So it's just important like to do your own emotional work so that you're at the point where you can tell him how he can help you feel better. Because men are usually there like really wanting to help you feel better if you just discover what that would look like. Right. And as long as you're not like ordering him around. Yeah. Like being able to like pause for a moment and like really get like, this is not about him. This is my thing. This is my anger. And like, you know, with compassion and kindness, you know, be like, it would be so helpful if you could just stand there or so helpful if you could just, um, yeah, just, you know, watch. (laughs) I'm just going to do this thing. (laughs) It's so funny. even if you are angry at him, like, cause a lot of times we really are angry at him. Yeah. Um, but it's important to connect to our experience of what we want. And if you think, well, what I want is for him to just said, do what he said he was going to do. Um, it's important to connect to, well, if he did what he said he was going to do, then what would you be experiencing? You know, cause it's important to connect to our own desires not for him, mm. not for him to change, but what is it that we want to be experiencing? Mm. And so, you know, if you're angry at him because he didn't do something, realize like, well, there's an experience I was looking for that I didn't get. And because there, there's a lot of different ways to create that experience. It doesn't have to come just from him doing that thing. Mm-hmm. You know? So like telling right. him, hey, like, whatever it is, let's say he said he did the dishes and he didn't. You know, like, I'm just coming up with a simple example. Yeah. But, like, then if you're, like, I'm angry because I want to feel supported. And my idea for how that would look is you doing the dishes. But maybe that's not how you want to support me. Like, how do you want to support me? What would be authentic for you? Because I really want to find something that you are willing to do. You know? Like, so then you're you're still angry. But you're not just being, like, why didn't you do the dishes? You said you were going to do them. What's wrong with you? You know? Mm, I love that. So really connecting to like what it is your want, the experience you're wanting to have 
And then being in collaboration mode, like you said, like being like, okay, maybe this isn't how, like, what, what's the way you want to support me? And then maybe it means like you hire a house cleaner or <laughs> I don't know, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Get like- a dishwasher. Who knows? Like there's a million and one ways to solve uh, or get, get the experience that we want. Yeah, exactly. And so it's really just about saying the experience that you want and then asking him, what does he think or how does he want to do it? Because like I said, when it's his idea, then he's more willing to actually do it than if it's your idea. And that doesn't mean you can't have ideas. You can like introduce them like, here's my idea, but what do you think about that? Mm, I love it. Wow. I mean, this is so valuable. Thank you so much for really sharing, you know, these really such valuable tools and awarenesses around creating more connection and love and fun and play like <laughs> with our partners it's it's so amazing and I, I just keep wondering like ooh, what is the world going to be like and even just 20 years when more people have access to these tools and are practicing know, that exactly. such I mean, a so different many, universe so many people are involved in conflict you know and at the level of our homes at the level of our businesses at the level of our politics <laughs> i mean if we just had the tools to be able to hear each other and you know validate each other's point of view even if we don't agree and like come up with solutions together that would be we would live in a totally different world we really really would we really would wow oh my gosh <laughs> what would it take i'm just being curious like how can that happen with total ease and fun and um so let's see what yeah, I do. You- I do actually have to get going. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm just so thank you so much for coming on. And I'm going to include all the links to Valerie's work. So your website, her Facebook page. Is there any last thing you want to share with people? Any exciting projects you have or offerings you have? Like say someone has listened this far and they're like, oh, I want more. What would be the best next step for them? Yeah. And as you can see, we talked for hours. So I'm, <laughs> I, I'm very passionate about this and I'm happy you are too. Yeah. Um, but yes, I do have a free ebook that I wrote for women about a five-step process that I teach called the man manifest lasting love conversation. And I already shared the first two steps uh, during this interview. So if you really want to uh, read about why they're important and how to actually put them into practice, I created this free e-guide and you could download it at coachvaleriegreen.com forward slash e-guide. That's really simple. And um, I'll give you the link to go to that. It's C-O-A-C-H-G-R-E-E-N-E dot com at forward slash e-guide. So I have shared that e-guide with thousands of women and uh, they've all said that it's been helpful amazing and i'll include that link in the description in the show notes so that you all have access to that this is so exciting valerie you're just an incredible incredible woman and i love your work i love what you're creating i love what you're sharing in the world it's making such a massive difference for me and for so many women that get to um and men that get to really connect with you so thank you for taking the time out of your day to hop on and be with us here on playdate Yay! Mm-hmm. This was super fun. Yeah, and if you're listening, please comment. Please, um, when we post this on Facebook, comment, ask questions, tag Valerie Green, you know, tag me. 
Um, I know Valerie, she's just a well of information and knowledge on this topic. So I know she loves sharing and, and connecting you with um, what would most serve you. And have a beautiful day, everyone. Yay. All right. Bye. Bye.